Thank God it's Friday, gonna cast out a line. The happy afternoon, sun is flying oh so high. I'm a peaceful kind of guy, most usually. But I'm hunting all the fishes in the deep blue sea. Making sure my bait is all nice and stinky. Gonna add a little, let it make the bait go sinky. We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry. Cause now we go and Coming up today, we'll hear from our good friend Mike Frisch on the Alexandria fishing scene and much, much more. He's a very busy guy. And we'll check back in with Peter Janik, the tournament director of the upcoming Frank Snyder Jr. Memorial Muskie Tournament. It's coming up in Paul Bunyan Country September 10th through the 12th, but the registration deadline is coming up Tuesday. Welcome to Fish in Paul Bunyan Country, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Well, checking in with our friend Mike Frisch. Uh, Mike, welcome back to the show. Good to have you here. Good to be here, Kev. Thank you. So what have you been up to lately? Well, um, so fishing, obviously. Yes. <laughs> I actually, the last couple weekends, fished a couple smaller um, bass derbies, uh, one over on Rice Lake in central Minnesota, and then uh, this past weekend on the Lahomedy chain in Alexandria, um, and now I'm getting ready to get back into some TV stuff, but been spending a lot of time bass fishing lately. Well, that uh, is probably the good bet. I mean, that's the fish that's biting right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, in our area here, um, you know, with the Alexandria chain and a bunch of the other lakes that we have in the area, you know, we have lots of good bass opportunities. And during that really, really hot streak that we had there for, you know, quite a while, um, those fish continued to bite. The walleyes got a little tougher, but we, we, we caught some good bass, so it's been fun. What uh, is your approach to bass? What do you like to do when, when all options are available to you? Well, for me, Kev, I really like fishing a, a big jig, you know, a skirted bass jig, the, you know, classic jig and pig combo um, is kind of my favorite. Um, this time of the year, those fish are all in a little bit deeper water than you know early in the spring we have a lot of what we call bank runners you know those fish up shallow and and they're certainly fun but this time of the year i find some of the better fish out you know on flats and and drop offs into deeper water in heavy weeds and uh, i can pitch a big jig to them and and you know it's kind of it's kind of a hunt you have to spend some time looking for them but once you find find one oftentimes you can catch quite a few in the same area so that's kind of one of my favorite fishing patterns actually do you have mainly largemouth there, or do you have some good smallmouth, too? Well, it, it's interesting. You know, um, we have largemouth and smallmouth. Now, the largemouth dominate, you know, our catches on, on most of our lakes. But uh, what's interesting about it is, um, you know, I was actually looking at some tournament results from 15 years ago on the Lahamadu chain, and, boy, if you had a six-fish limit for 13, 14 pounds, you could win. Well, last weekend out on the Lahamadu chain, there was a two six-fish limits over 24 pounds. Wow. So um, the fishing has really improved in terms of size of fish on the Lahamadu chain. I'm not sure why, but it seems like that's kind of happened in quite a few of our lakes in the area. But the other thing that that has happened is our smallmouth bass populations are exploding as well. There's more and more smallmouth in the in the chain and several of our other lakes as well. And, you know, I think it's probably due to the clearing water, smallmouth being site feeders. I think they like clear water, but not exactly sure. But 
um, largemouth, we've always had, but like I said, we, we've got a growing smallmouth population, so it's a lot of fun there, too. You know, I was talking to Henry Drews uh, right before he retired. We were kind of doing an overview of his career and, and where we're at, and he was just pointing out, you know, it, it seems even up in Bemidji and, and north, uh, it, things are getting warmer, it seems, and that uh, certainly does appeal to bass, and I would assume in, in your area, further south from us, uh, warming temps has been a, a help to the bass population as well. Yeah, you know, like I said, I think it's probably that and, and maybe our clear water as well. Mm-hmm. But boy, um, the bass fishing in our lakes, I've, I've been in this area now close to 35 years, and for uh, good-sized fish, it's never been better, and the, the numbers are still really good, too. So it's uh, it's a really fun opportunity, particularly during this time of the year when the walleyes are a little tougher. Yeah, what's what's a poor walleye angler supposed to do in this time of year? <laughs> Go bass fishing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best option, yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? Quite honestly, Kev, I spent most of my earlier, you know, my early adulthood, my my formative years and early adulthood as a walleye angler, and um, I'm glad guys like Dwayne Peterson and some others convinced me that bass fishing is a lot of fun because it, it certainly has expanded um, my angling opportunities, particularly during these dog days of summers when, wall- when walleyes are a little tougher. You know, the bass continue to bite, so it's a, it's a really good option right now. Well, and it gives you so many more bodies of water to fish. You know, a lot of those small little lakes that you wouldn't look at if you're a walleye angler, they've got plenty of bass in them. Yeah, that's exactly it. And the other thing, too, is, Kev, I think as, you know, as time goes on and our lakes continue to age and, you know, we have more runoff and silt in the bottom and the bottom gets a little bit softer and and with zebra mussels, we're going to have more weeds. There's a lot of factors that mean that the habitat for bass is probably going to continue to improve on a lot of our lakes. So, you know, why not take advantage of it? And, And fishing bass is a great way to do that. For the guys who have to go out because, um, <clears throat> excuse me, their relatives from out of state came and they want to catch walleye, what should they be trying to do right now? Well, we kind of have a couple of different fights that are happening on on some of our lakes this time of the year. Now, these aren't you know great bites, but um, <laughs> there's still a weed line bite outside the deep weed line. Um, you know, it's a, it's a bite. I like to pull a bond bouncer or a night crawler and a plain snell, you know, quickly only quickly along the outside edge of the weed line. Um, that bite typically goes best early morning again in the evenings or on days when we have wind. And then of course guys can still get out on, you know, a deeper structure check, spend some time looking for, you know, walleyes on sonar out on sunken humps and sunken islands. And I, I kind of use that same, set up that that heavy bouncer and a crawler to kind of quickly move through through those schools of fish too so those are those are kind of the two main patterns that we got going on right now and you know the thing about it is as soon as we get you know a few days where um, this weather kind of sets into more of a fall pattern and a lot of temperatures start to decline a little bit i look for that bite to, to really kick in but that those are kind of the two patterns that i target right now the outside edge of the weeds and the deeper structure bite well, you definitely have to have patience right now, and and in general, you have to be a pretty good angler if you if you're going to go after walleyes right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I, I think a couple things are important. Number one, uh, you need to have some some patience and spend some time looking because 
this time of year, even if you find fish, it's no guarantee that they're going to bite because, you know, the bait fish populations are at a seasonal high, so they have lots of feeding opportunities, you know, so you got to spend a lot of time moving and kind of running and gunning. And the other thing, too, is I think have a realistic, you know, expectation. You're probably not going to go out and, and catch that six fish limit like you maybe were able to do on the jig in the middle thing in the spring, so... Um, you know, having patience, staying on the move, and then having realistic expectations during the dog days of summer, I think, are important for walleye guys too. So, um, I've I've talked to you a number of times, so I know all about it. But um, or as much as somebody who hasn't ever, <clears throat> excuse me, fished over there before does, but uh, for people listening to the podcast that are new to the show, um, give us an elevator pitch for Alexandria area fishing. Well, Alexandria area fishing is—it's a multi-species mecca. I mean, we have walleyes, we have tremendous bass, largemouth, and, and like we talked about, a emerging smallmouth population. There's good musky opportunities, and the panfish out on the deep weed lines are going in a lot of lakes as well. And if you like northern pike, we have those too. So, it's 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 a multi-species mecca. It's an area that's got a lot to do other than fish. But I always tell people that. You know, some of the other areas in the state have maybe stronger rec- reputations for fishing, but I don't really, I don't believe that Alexandria holds second place to any place in the state when it comes to multi-species. We have it all, and, you know, I think our shining stars are our bass, but our walleyes aren't far behind, and the panfish musky opportunities are good, too. Yeah, and, and you're, and again, like Brainerd, like Bemidji, you guys are surrounded with a ton of lakes. Yeah, we are, you know, and, and that's, that's the thing about it, Kev. Like right now, um, for me, uh, one of the things and I talked about it earlier, I love fishing a big jig. I fish a, uh, what's called a hack attack jig, a striking product with a rage craw. And it's a, it's a versatile bait that you can fish a lot of different ways. You can swim it, you can fish it shallow, you can fish deep. But for me, like I said, I like fishing those weedy flats with heavy cover and good largemouth and the cool thing is i can get on a lake and spend an hour or so and and if those fish aren't really going i'm minutes away from another lake or like on the lahabadu chain you can just jump from lake to lake within the channels so um you know we've got a tremendous amount of lakes with good fish populations and like i said you don't have to get hung up on one lake if the fish aren't biting there's lots of opportunities you mentioned clearing water do you have ais issues over there yeah, we really do, Kev. That's one of the things that, you know, is has made, I think, the walleye bite t- even tougher is the fact that we have um, such clear water in, in most of our lakes now because we've got a lot of them that have zebra mussels. And a lot of these fisheries were clear to start with, so, you know, they're really clear now. And it's made the walleyes maybe tougher. Um, it's a deeper bite. It's a morning-evening bite. Flip side, I think it's helped as far as the bass fishing, so... Um, you know, obviously, we want to do all we can to avoid AIS, but yes, we do have them in our lakes, and um, just at this point. You mentioned uh, you're going to be getting busy with TV stuff again. Uh, so, what's going? What's what's happening? So, we are um, in the middle of actually doing a couple of kids segments. We uh, feature some some youngsters as guests on our show as part of our school of fish program. We do a drawing. 
uh, where one lucky girl or boy gets to join us uh, for a, a TV shoot. So we're, we've got a couple of those coming up here shortly, and then I'm also headed up to the northern reaches of the state to do a couple different segments up there. And then when we get back, we've got Jeff Sprague. Jeff is a Major League Fishing pro. He's a striking Louis pro staff guy. Jeff is coming to Minnesota. We're actually going to do a couple different shoots with him. So um, fall is a busy time for us, but it's a good time because the fish bite too. So we're looking forward to that. Much more with Mike Frisch coming up later in the show, including a discussion on the upcoming fall bite. But up next, we are getting close to the deadline. Tuesday is the final day to get registered for the Frank Snyder Jr. Memorial Muskie Tournament put on by the Twin Cities Chapter of Muskies, Inc. Tournament Director Peter Janik joins us next. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi... Bemidji, one step further. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Checking in once again with Peter Janik. He's the tournament director of the Frank Schneider Jr. Memorial Muskie Tournament, uh, sponsored by the Twin Cities Chapter of Muskies, Inc. And of course, it'll be up here in Paul Bunyan Country. Uh, what's the uh, weekend after Labor Day weekend? So what is that, the 10th, 11th, 12th, Peter? That's correct. And the uh, reason we're uh, checking it back in with him, uh, because, Peter, time to get registered is running out. It's uh, it's uh, a deadline of August 31st, last day of the month. That's correct. So we encourage everyone to do it now. Don't wait till the last day. But they do have up until uh, August 31st. So, yeah, yeah, those who decide these things in the last minute, that's not going to work for this tournament. Uh, up until the 31st, that's, what, uh, that's the uh, deadline. Uh, anything after that will be uh, the applications won't be accepted. Since we're all volunteers, we we need some time to to gather everything up and uh, get get the contestant packets ready for a starting date of uh, that September 10th. All right. Well, this is a big tournament. It's very popular. There's always a lot of people involved, and uh, and uh, so most people who are who are leaning that way are probably pretty familiar. But uh, maybe for those who have gotten into musky fishing in the last year or two. Maybe this is their first chance to, you know, feel confident enough to to, to do a tournament. Um, what's the best way to get registered for it? Uh, the best way is to to go online, go to the Twin Cities Muskie Inc. Uh, chapter website, and uh, they should find a, a page for tournaments and and just follow the links. Uh, the uh, registration is, is powered and driven by Lake Labs, which is also uh, the, the uh, who we're using for the virtual app to register fish during a tournament. So they can fill out a form and submit it and get the payment in, and we'll get their registration, registration all processed and get them ready to go before the tournament. Okay. Um, again, a very popular tournament. I think one of the cool things about this tournament, Peter, 
is the fact that it's it's multiple days. There's so many options for people, and the other key thing is price wise, it's uh, it's pretty wallet friendly compared to a lot of tournaments. Uh, yes, it is. It is an amateur tournament, so you kind of uh, hit on the possible uh, beginning musket angler, perhaps interested. It's $100 for an individual for three days, and that also includes a couple of meals. Uh, so it's a, overall, it's a, it's a pretty good deal. And even if you you know you bring your family, um, I think it's up to four. The the rate is incredibly generous. Yes, if you are registering a family or a group of people, uh, we do have a family entry for three days, and that is $180. So also a really good value. And again, August thirty first is the deadline, uh, preferably online. But you can uh, you can do it via mail. That but we'll have to have a postmark of August thirty first. And down in the metro area, you have a couple of uh, places people can go to register in person if they want. Yes, there's two locations in the Twin Cities area. That would be a Blue Ribbon Tackle, and also Thorn Brothers. And then up in the north in Walker, uh, people can go to to Reed's Outdoors. Outfitters, uh, and then in Longville, uh, one stop. So a couple of locations for in-person registration. But again, those uh, registrations uh, will no longer be accepted after August 31st at those locations. Okay. And, yeah, I think pretty much anybody who's been up here for any length of time knows exactly where Reeds is. And, of course, one stop has been a uh, supporter of uh, that tournament for a long, long time as well. Yep, all those all those uh, retailers uh, are really big sponsors of ours uh, and have been for some time. Well, the uh, tournament again will run September tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and for those who again who might uh, have missed the first time we chatted, just quickly, um, you do uh, have uh, champions for you know the most inches of fish, but you also have an opportunity if you catch a fish of forty inches or over uh, of a grand prize of a pretty significant amount of cash. Yes, uh, the interesting part of the tournament, as you mentioned, we have a grand prize uh, split three ways. Uh, if we have a full field of 500 contestants, that'll be a pool of $15,000. So anyone catching a legal fish uh, gets one entry uh, into that drawing. So on a typical year, we have uh, you know 70 to 90 fish that are caught. So those individuals will have a pretty good chance of of uh, winning some cash. And just to clarify, if I catch two fish over 40, do I get two entries? No. Uh, okay. Each person only gets one entry. All right. All regardless right. of how many fish. Yep. And the, aside from the grand prize, we have then uh, top 10 prizes for the uh, highest point totals uh, by length. Uh, we have some, the top three juniors are also awarded prizes. We have a women's bonus. For the top three women catching the longest fish that in that division or, or bonus uh, uh, prize. And then this year we have uh, a seniors division, which we're introducing, which we're happy to do, uh, being uh, sponsored by uh, the Bob Cabistra family. Uh, and he's been, uh, unfortunately, he passed away the last year, but uh, in honor of his memory, his family is taking up uh, uh, sponsoring our senior sp- uh, bonus. So we're excited about that, and that'll be also a uh, bonus paid out to three top senior anglers by length. The other thing I want to make sure people under are aware of is although there's, I think it's 
pretty close to between 20 and 30 lakes and or rivers you can use or you can fish in. Uh, you can't just go from one to the other. You have to pick a zone, and each zone has some of them are just one lake, others have a few lakes. So explain the zones to us and uh, and how you go about picking the one you want to fish in. When you register, you're you're required to pick a zone, and you're then required uh, during the tournament to stay in that zone and fish there for the entire length of the tournament. And the uh, purpose for that is to uh, prevent the spread of invasive species. So we work to get closely with the Minnesota DNR to establish safe zones, and uh, that's how how that all came about. But yeah, once you choose a zone, you're you will be required to fish in that zone. And again, it's uh, it's intended to uh, keep the spread of invasive species to a minimum. Okay. And uh, how many zones are there? There are eight zones this year. Okay. And that's uh, up one from the previous year. And as you mentioned, some are individual lakes and others are, are uh, groups of lakes. Okay. So you just have to take a look and, and uh, figure out which one you want to be in. I think most people probably have their favorite areas to be in, and you know, and probably already know. But again, if you're uh, if this is your first or second time in the tournament, uh, you might want to take a look at that and, and pick the one you you want to be in. And that's great. I you know the AIS thing is really really important, and uh, yeah, it's that going from lake to lake that can really wreak a, a little bit of havoc. So that's yep. nice to put. I mean, it's not it's not as flexible and as fun maybe for some of the anglers to who who'd love to go from here to there, but uh, it's important. We got to do it. In the interest of uh, keeping the spread to a minimum, uh, we take that very seriously as a as musky anglers. So um, I think it's it's something that uh, uh, does help, and it's worth uh, worth doing to to uh, ensure that our lakes stay as pristine as possible. Peter, as one who's been involved in Muskies, Inc. and Muskies, what can you tell us uh, that you've heard as far as, uh, you know, some of the short-term things that they've started to see? Uh, what does some of the AIS uh, infestations do for Muskies, or do we know yet? Well, as one of the biggest infestations has been the zebra mussels, and most people that have spent time on the lake have seen just the lakes uh, across the, that have been infested infested uh the water clarity just in, increases or improves dramatically and so that can change the way you fish uh with the fish now being able to be uh predominantly sight feeders uh so um yes it can it can affect the fishing um you know many, in many cases uh, on those lakes uh, fish has moved deeper weed growth has increased and and uh, uh, weed growth occurs much deeper than it used to. So anglers need to adjust, and uh, each lake is a little different, but uh, at least for zebra mussels, that's some of the trends that, that we've been seeing on our area lakes. And, and, you know, we've seen it with other species as well, so it, it's a key deal. Um, anything else we should know before that August 31st deadline? Uh, what's the anything you, anything at all we need to know? Uh, just get go to our website to register. There's a few in-person places. Uh, if anybody w- would like to get more information, uh, they can contact me. My my number and email is also on our website. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions and encourage people to come out and join us. Then uh, before we wrap it up, why don't you give us kind of an itinerary of how the weekend will play out? The weekend 
basically starts actually a day before the tournament. Uh, anglers are required, the three-day anglers are required to pick up uh, tournament packets, which will include an ID number that they need to show if they catch a fish in the, in the photos that they would submit. So, so Thursday, September 9th is, uh, is an information uh, pickup uh, day, and then the tournament starts on uh, Friday at, at 9 a.m., uh, and uh, the day's fishing, the hours are from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for both uh, Friday and Saturday, and then uh, Sunday the fishing hours, 7 a.m. to 11 a.m., and uh, all fish registrations need to be in by, by noon, and uh, on Sunday, we have an awards banquet that, that uh, we get to celebrate all the, the anglers that have been lucky enough to catch muskies and uh, end up on the top ten list. Um, again, that's at the Northern Lights Casino, um, and it's just a good time. We have some raffles. We award, we award the other prizes as well. And just... Uh, it, it, the awards banquet is just a fun celebration of of the week's weekend's events and uh, and for those that, that were able to catch some fish. Well, I know it's it's going to be a very different type of tournament than the tournament you're doing, but of course we've got the professional muskie tournament trail here in our area this weekend. Uh, Bemidji and I think Cass Lake and some of those uh, lakes are available for it. So I would think a lot of uh, anglers uh, that might be participating in your tournament in a few weeks are going to. Keep an eye just to see what kind of sizes they're getting out of the bodies of water this weekend. Uh, yep, I, I would assume there'll be uh, some tournament watching going on uh, for the people that'll be uh, fishing our Frank Schneider. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bemidji, we know, has some big ones in there, and uh, Castle's got some good ones, too. But it, it certainly doesn't cover all of the lakes that uh, the Schneider uh, covers, which is, uh, again, what I think is really unique and kind of fun about this tournament. Uh, yep, we are very proud of our tournament. It is uh, it is an awesome event, um, and uh, you know we can definitely be proud of what we put together and what we provide to the angling community as well as the uh, the Northwoods community. You know we're pr- we're proud to bring people up there. You know maybe not at the height of the tourist tourist season. Um, so yeah. um, the tournament provides benefits not only to the anglers but uh, the community as well. Absolutely does, unquestionably. Uh, great tournament. We're looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. He's Peter Janik. He is the tournament director of the Frank Snyder Jr. Memorial Muskie Tournament coming up September 10th through the 12th. Again, August 31st, registration deadline for that. When we talk to Peter again, it'll be to recap the tournament and see how it all played out. Peter, thanks for taking the time today. Thank you. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Checking back in with Mike Frisch. What do you kind of look for as kind of indicators the fall bite is going to be ready to go? Well, two things, Kev, for me is, number one, you know, a series of, you know, cold fronts, I guess, where um, daytime temperatures, but particularly nighttime temperatures drop. Um, that's important because it triggers the second thing that I look for, and that's falling water temperatures. Um, you know, it's not going to be long. And, I mean, I was out here yesterday, and we still had 78-degree water temperature, which is, you know, really warm. But um, once we get a few cool nights and those temperatures start to, you know, dive into the 60s, which which doesn't take too long, um, for me, that that's, that's kind of a big trigger right there um, when we get those temperatures headed that way. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where 
Um, I hate to say it, but it's still trial and error. You got to get out on the water and see when that bite really kicks in. But again, the big thing is water temperatures. And, and when we get those series of cold fronts that, you know, one of the things that happens during midsummer is you get a cold front, but the water is warm right back up. Um, during fall, you get a cold front, the water's cooled down, they might stabilize, but they're not going to go back up. And, and that's kind of a good signal for me. My presumption is you are in the same boat as we have been with extreme heat, extreme drought, and uh, water levels extremely low. How bad has it been in the the Alexandria area waters? Well, it, it was it was bad. I mean, it was to the point where, um, like in that tournament that I fished last weekend, you know, um, on the Lahamadu chain, typically it's it's Geneva. It's Lake Carlos, it's Lahamadu, it's Darling and Victoria, the five lakes that you can get into. Well, um, the channel between Geneva and Victoria, I did not even try to access because when I was pre-fishing on, on Friday, I saw um, two anglers try to get into into Geneva from the, or into Victoria from Geneva, and they actually were both out of their boat and had to push their boat back out. So. Um, that's the first time I've ever seen that. So, you know, we're in a situation where, you know, water levels took a, took a big hit. Now, the good thing is we've had, you know, two pretty good rainfalls here in the last week. And, and yesterday when, when I was out, it seemed like, you know, it was noticeable that the water level in the particular lake I was on at the public access, I noticed, was up quite a bit again. So, you know, we, we've been in kind of a dire situation like I think a lot of people across the state are, but with this recent rain that we've had, I think it's helped a little bit. And, you know, hopefully we can get some more fall rains, even though, you know, rain and fishing don't go hand in hand. Our environment's really needed right now. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're in a tough spot right now, but like I said, it's improved a little bit and hopefully we can get some more rain this fall. I thought that uh, for us, considering how weird the weather was and the drought and, and all the things that could really turn walleyes off because they are a finicky fish, our walleye bite was surprisingly strong until just a few weeks ago and we really started to turn into, you know, typical August-type fishing. Um, how about you guys? Um, you know, Kev, it was one of those deals where um, this summer has just, at least for me and from what I've heard from my contacts, this has been a, a more difficult summer than you know, the recent summers. Um, we had a few lakes that the bite never got as consistently good as it as it has in the past, and then it didn't seem like it held up once we got into the dog days of summer. So we had a, I would say, um, a little bit subpar walleye fishing season. But now I think it's important to keep that in context because, Probably the last five or six years in the Alexandria area are the best years that I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, so for it to be down a little bit this year, it was maybe more closer to normal than than um, than what we're used to. But um, you know, I looked at we're going to have we've got good populations coming. Uh, several of our lakes seem to have a bunch of those ten to twelve inch fish, so it seems like those. You know, we're we're going to we're going to be back next year. I'm, I'm confident in that. Okay. I think when uh, I first started talking to you several years ago, you were uh, it was the it was the Northland boys, Dwayne and John, that steered me your way. Um, you were just getting going, I think, with School of Fish about that time, uh, and now all of a sudden you're this multimedia superstar. Did you ever imagine you'd be doing TV shows and podcasts and all this stuff? <laughs> well, Kev, I'd use the word superstar <laughs> very, very lightly, I guess. Um, <laughs> 
you know, it's, it's one of those things where I'm really fortunate that, you know, when you, t- that I think there's two things that are important in life, you know, being in the right t- place at the right time is important. I was really fortunate that, you know, I was in the right place at the right time when Bob Jensen, you know, decided that it was time for him to step away a little bit, you know, and, and it's kind of funny when I think of that statement, being in the right place at the right time. Bob's the one that always told me, he's like, be in the right place at the right time. That means you got to be lots of places. <laughs> um, you know, and I think that's important. Um, but, but that, that, that part was really, you know, just really good fortune. The other thing too is, um, having a lot of good people like John and Dwayne Peterson as mentors is, has really helped a lot. You know, whenever I have a, um, career decision to make or even a life decision to make one of the guys that I lean on for advice is, is Dwayne Peterson and you know those guys as well as Bob Jensen I mean have have been really instrumental and in, you know giving me good advice like I said life-wise and career-wise and it's been really important but you know I, I'm just really fortunate to like I said know the right people um you know, be in the right place at the right time. And, and, um, you know, things have just kind of fallen into place, which is, um, I'm really, really thankful for. I mean, I, I get to make my living doing what I love to do. And there's not a day that goes by that, you know, that I'm not thankful for that. So, um, but the last thing Kev too, is I always tell people when, you know, the word, and I know you said it jokingly, but when the word superstar or anything like that gets thrown around, I always say, well, thing to keep in mind is we all we're all just fishermen you know we're we're just trying to fool a creature with a really small brain so um (laughs) i think it's good to keep it in perspective what we do but yeah i'm i'm really fortunate like i said and um just got a series of of good breaks and and uh it's it's been fun how's school of fish been this year in post-covid well it's been a good year kev it's been kind of a rebound year you know last year was was a struggle obviously we weren't able to do um near the number of classes or or have near the number of students but this year um we're going to break the 500 graduate mark again the way it looks here and we just got a couple classes left now so it's been a really really good year been a a good you know comeback year for us and um we're excited because we continue to go to a lot of places that have had us you know for several years um, so, you know, we, we think we're doing some things well when people continue to ask you back. And um, there's not a, a time when I step into a school fish class and see, you know, eager kids smiling and, and wanting to learn about fishing that, that doesn't bring a smile to my face. Um, you know, angler recruitment is so important to what we do, and, and we're just fortunate to be able to, to continue to do that as well. I guess post-COVID might not be the right phrase, but at least we're able to do stuff and do these things. Um, if somebody wanted to to get a class started, we've talked about this in the past. How do we uh, how do we get a hold of School of Fish and maybe get something lined up? So it's pretty simple, Kev. They can go to fishingthemidwest dot com, and at the top there's a School of Fish icon where they can learn more about the program, see our schedule, and all of that. Or my my email address is pretty simple. It, it is schooloffish at outlook.com, schooloffish at outlook.com. They can just shoot me an email there, too, and, and we can get them our information. And we're actually in the process now of scheduling what we call our on-ice classes, our, our ice fishing portion of school fish, and we're already uh, starting to book some open water schools for next year as well. So uh, now is a good time. Okay. And... Uh... Uh, if people want to listen to your podcast, or I think you've got some video with it as well, uh, where do we go to find that? 
so we are actually kept doing a video podcast called Taiwan on um, and it stands uh, it's every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time um, and now we're just wrapping up our August schedule now and uh, we're going to take a couple weeks off in September and start again but all of our podcasts are on the Fishing the Midwest Facebook page um, they also are on the Spotify app at Fishing the Midwest as well and some of our last guests, uh, we had Greg Hackney on um, just last week. And he was talking about fishing, you know, the hack attack jig and some of his other heavy cover um, spinner baits and jigs. And then this week, um, we're with Mark Zona from Zona's Awesome Fishing Show. Um, so we've had some of the biggest names in particularly bass fishing on, on the podcast. And there's some really, really good information there. And like I said, the, every episode is on our Fish in the Midwest Facebook page plus on the Spotify app. And are you still guiding? Um, a little bit, Kev. <laughs> a, a little bit. I'm. I'm. I keep saying that I'm. I'm winding down in retirement for as far as guiding is is here, but I'm still taking some trips. Of you know, the hard part about guiding, Kev, is you become friends with people when you fish with them. It doesn't take a lot of time in a boat to develop a relationship, you know, a friendship with a person. And so when I have clients that I've guided, like I took a couple of gentlemen out um, last week who said this was the 19th year that we'd fish together, um, you know, wow. so when, when those kind of people call, I'm still guiding, I guess, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to ease out of that, I guess. So you're not necessarily soliciting new patients to use a doctor's phrase. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not soliciting new patients. That's that's a great way of putting it. Post COVID, of course. <laughs> right. Right. Well, Mike, uh, thanks for the info today. Again, uh, the websites to check out all your stuff again. FishingTheMidwest.com. Everything you know about TV, our podcasts actually are on the on the Facebook page as well. We've got a newsletter, real times that's there, um, and they can access the School of Fish page from there as well. All right, sounds great. He's Mike Frisch. Love to have him on the show. Mike, thanks for taking time today. Yeah, Kev, thanks anytime. Appreciate the opportunity. That's it for the week. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, you can check out the Professional Muskie Tournament Trail weigh-in, virtual weigh-in, tomorrow at around 2 o'clock at Rutgers Birchmont Lodge. And obviously, you can get on the lakes and enjoy some fishing, too. We'll talk to you next week. Fish hail, popcorn, yeah, country, country. To be your best every day, You need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.